3: Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free terms of supply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize picks as daily fantasy
1: sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download
0: the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Did he do enough for, you know, box maintenance, as I'd call it? And he has. Leicester City
2: have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Knockout takes. Almovia saves. Knockout follows in. Almovia saves again.
3: to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. Well, this is the uh, view from the opposition Birmingham edition. Uh, as yet, uh, the opposition haven't turned up, and that's not to say they're not playing well. They in literally fairness, haven't in, turned up. Um, in
1: fairness, this is exactly how West Brom felt at about eight o'clock the other Monday,
0: where when well, when, no, turned when
1: nobody turned up in midfield yeah.
0: to oppose them. <laughs> yes, this is true. Well, this is. I hopefully Birmingham actually don't turn up on Tuesday. That would be that would be excellent. We can have a good away day. That would be good.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, since we last spoke, of course, we have had a, a, another home win, which was really good on on, on Friday night. Um, anybody that stood out to you apart from Daniel Backman in that match?
1: I really enjoyed Ken Semmer. I know, I know, people are polarised about him, like they are with most people. He gave it his all. He'd been he'd been pushed further forward into the sort of left wing position as we moved into this 4-3-3 shape, and kind of I thought he did his best to try and go. I want to play. And For my money, he was he outshone Saar. He was involved in the in in the goal uh, by winning the ball, pushing it to Saar, making the run into the byline, and then pulling it back for uh, Tom Cleverley to to come in and score the goal. And
0: yeah, he just
1: reminded me of the Semmer from uh, two years ago in the SAT Championship. So uh, I liked
0: him a lot, Carlos. Yeah, um, similar to that. I, I think the the other one to mention uh, being uh, his debut was Chowdhury. Really enjoyed his work rate and. In getting back. So hopefully there's a lot more to come from him going forward. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it from me.
3: That's it. That's the end of your <laughs> that's the end of your punditry on that one, is it? That's that's the end of my punditry of the game. We won, that's all I care about. Excellent. So we do have a new player in Keenan Davis, uh, and obviously <laughs> we have lost. Um Oh, I've forgotten him already. Uh, Dennis. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to prove that you've forgotten him already. <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh,
1: <laughs> are, are, you, are you emotionally over him? Yeah, I really am. I, I, I
3: absolutely am. I can only imagine that the Watford board are tucking into salmon and champagne and caviar at the moment, having turned 3.6 million into 20 million in just under a year i mean i can't remember any other time that a bit of business like that has been done at
0: vicarage road can you ever no nah, it's wonderful it's wonderful isn't it wonderful bit of business
1: well i think you've got to look at richarlison you know the times when the <clears throat> pot so model actually works and we've pointed out enough times when it hasn't and obviously uh other people will also point out those times when it hasn't which have also been numerous it sort of offset some of those, but at this moment in time, those have worked really well. We've also had rumor that Stupinan might be going to Brighton to replace Kucherello, who's gone to Chelsea, because they just haven't got enough left backs, apparently Chelsea, so they needed another one. Um but we've also got a big sell-on clause with him because he went to Villarreal, if you remember, he never played a competitive game for us. That worked nicely and when we came, you know, when we got relegated, him and another player who didn't play competitively for us in Luis Suarez—not that Luis Suarez. You know, Bought in twenty-five million, which in a year when you go down is absolutely vital. So Dennis is a great example of actually getting it right this year as well in terms of him moving on. But the important piece about what values it going to be is going to be determined by Keenan Davis coming in to, I imagine, mm-hmm. replace him despite Ken Semmer's best efforts. So, uh, so, so we'll see how that goes. But he is he he certainly has the potential to be absolutely excellent for us. Keenan Davis is six for three. He's played a, a fair few games for Aston Villa, but he tended to play, you know, bits and bobs here, didn't get tend to get many starts. And then he went and moved at the end of last season or back end of it to Notts Forest, Nottingham Forest. Sorry, they shoot people if you call them Nottingham yeah,
0: Forest. You can't, you can't say that. Yeah.
1: No, no, I, I wouldn't. I I, 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 I apologise in my best Boris Johnson, I, 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 I blah, 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 kind of way. <laughs> um but he got, and people said he hasn't scored many goals. He hasn't had many minutes. He scored five goals in 15 games uh, last season for mm. Forrest. But his contribution was was marked and noted. So hopefully it's a good deal for for Forrest taking Emmanuel Dennis. And it's a good deal for us taking, uh, taking Davis on loan, hopefully with an option to keep him, fingers crossed.
3: Can you remember any transfers to Watford from Villa in the past? I'm sort of struggling to remember any villa players that we've taken in the past.
1: Players directly from Villa from Well villa. we had
0: we had um a, a Bon Lahore didn't we at some Ooh, point good. or vaguely remember. Yeah. On yes. Loan. On yeah. loan yeah. yeah he was shite.
3: Yeah. That was during yeah. Boothroyd's time, wasn't it? He he played maybe three or four games, if not. Yeah, that many. it was.
1: Yeah. He he came in and he was young and unimpressive, and in fair to him, you know, in fairness to him, he matured, got older and unimpressive. So you know, you
0: can't <laughs> say <it> didn't develop. <laughs> <laughs> He, he was not a big fan of me Unimpressive. unimpressive. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I think he was a fan something... of, his, of his punditry, either. No, exactly. No, exactly. Who
3: is it who's been ever go at him? Is it Richard Keys and him have a bit of a
0: spout? Richard on? Keys, yeah, Keys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the hairy arms himself. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. The trouble is with Richard Keys is, you know, you can always just say, well. What were you up to with your daughter's best friend yeah, when your wife I had mean, cancer? Exactly. Then?
0: Exactly. Might as well Man, shut up. And
3: people but, in glass houses. Yeah, yeah
0: just don't throw he, stones. Li- he lives in
3: Crystal Palace, is where he lives. That uh, is just mental. Having a go at someone <laughs> and then oh, but by the way, oh yeah, yeah, perhaps I should uh, uh, yeah, I do yes. love
1: I do love the fact that here we are trying to talk about the opposition's view of Birmingham City. We've immediately got on to Aston Villa, who couldn't be before. <laughs> right? And and then we've got on to Richard Keys and his yeah. His hairy, the... his very arm daughter, or whatever it
0: was. <laughs> yeah, whatever it was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. Okay, well so, uh, we stayed on topic. Yeah, well, even for us. Hey, listen, listen. Other podcasts are available, but they're not as much fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're into that sort of competence. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So, Birmingham City away our next match. I've only ever been to Birmingham City once. That was the 99 semi-final in the playoffs. I always vowed never yeah. to go back after the less than warm welcome I received from the away fans that night and the away um, uh, and the West uh, Midlands Police. Are you going, Carl? I am. I you am are? going, yes. Okay, yes. Uh,
0: and it, it will be the first time that I've been back since. Oh, really? That, uh, in 23 years so, or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But it, yeah, a warm welcomes and Birmingham City don't walk hand in hand together. I must admit. No, no, that was so, a really strange atmosphere that night. Um, yeah. So
3: I mean, I mean, in theory, with the way we've been playing recently. And with our nice new striker, we should be looking at sort of having a good go against them. You would our, think our
0: nice new shiny Aston Villa loney going yes, to Birmingham yes, I imagine for that's his go down did. really? Well, oh dear!
3: What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, nothing. What are you on about <laughs> nothing? What what could go wrong there? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I'm think I'm feeling fairly confident going into this game. What about you?
0: I, I mean, I've got to be honest. I am. I think that the first three games we all said at the start of the season they, that you know it's going to be a really tough showing, um, and to come through them. With the points that we have, is excellent. You know, still undefeated. So yeah, going to Birmingham, massively confident. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good trip for me. Anyway,
3: Peter, what do you think? Are you are you um, confident?
1: Ahead of well, they they started off the season um, in Mordor, playing uh, playing at, <laughs> play, at Kenilworth Road, um, and and uh, and and came away with a nil nil. After that, they beat Huddersfield, but Huddersfield, as we heard last week from Burnley are really not up to much. And they only managed to beat them 2-1. And Huddersfield seemed to be a team with, you know, like an absentee landlord since um, since Carlos Kickerball, whatever his name was, has gone on. I watched quite a bit of the Cardiff City versus Birmingham City game yesterday and was singularly unimpressed in terms of what they did creatively. I, I watched most of the first half, some of the second half, but uh, they didn't seem to kind of really have an awful lot of threat. And bearing in mind they've got Hogan and they've got Deeney, they will have a threat with a, you know, uh, uh, put kicking the ball up long and you know knocking it down because uh, both of those know how to play that very simply but it didn't seem to reflect to me the kind of football that you'd expect to see from a from a John Eustace side I don't think there's any argument that they, their squad needs definitely investing in because their ownership issues have been well reported and ho- hopefully they're gonna keep Lawrence Bassini well away. Not because I wanna say anything scandalous, but the fact he is a bankrupt loon. Um but in terms of yeah, you know, I wouldn't wish him on anybody, but they didn't seem all of that. I would I would say our one issue we've got to make sure we don't take is a level of complacency in because they haven't done that well um you know if we'd if we'd have been turned over by burnley we'd be sitting on exactly the same record as they are so Mm. it's still going to be close margins it's still going to be all of the things that we know from the championship of blood sweat and tears and my the the other great leveler is that st andrew's pitch is is never good if you can imagine how much building work slash demolition work or what have you is going on around it. Probably not the best, most conducive atmosphere to bringing up a nice playing surface. And if we remember two years ago when we played there at Birmingham and we also played at Coventry, you know, there was somebody who did a nice line in compacted mud for the pitch. So I know it's early season, but uh, it it still might be a bit of an unforgiving one. So fingers crossed, but we'll see.
3: The last time we played at St Andrews was obviously during the COVID uh, lockdown period with no fans. I remember watching that game. It was probably the most boring match I've ever seen mm. in my entire life. It was a nil nil, wasn't it? I think. I'm pretty it sure.
0: That that one and the Coventry one stand out for me of just being nothingness. Yeah. Turgid, horrible. Yeah. No, yeah. The thing that I we... spent
3: 10 quid or whatever it was on Hive Live to watch that. It was just
0: yeah. dreadful.
1: We beat Birmingham 1-0, if you remember. It was, again, you're absolutely right. For about 83 minutes, I think it was, it was a dreadful ball. They brought on Stieper Pericha, um, and he made a little run in and won a penalty, and Troy banged it home and celebrated, you know, very nicely, thank you. The Coventry game was the 0-0, which was utterly, utterly woeful. Um, and it's sort of, there's some kind of circle being kind of, uh, kind of closed off here in terms of the fact that it was that game. That saw us move from 4-4-2 to the 4-3-3 because it was after the Coventry game that supposedly Trustercon rang the senior players and said, "Guys, this isn't good enough." we're not going to you know what do we need to do and apparently went to Cisco and wanted to play in a way and in a shape that would release SAR. so it's kind of interesting that the game before that we've now switched to that 4-3-3 shape because of getting overrun in midfield and you know as we said not turning up at West Brom in the middle of the pitch kind of packing it out with Hamza Chowdhury and with uh with uh, with other midfielders we know that Cleverly picked up a gash, I think it was, on his knee, scoring the goal. He basically had a a, a Burnley striker coming towards him, who had his. He didn't. He wasn't showing his uh, his studs in a kind of a foot out type of way, but he basically slid in onto his studs. So we'll see whether or not he's in the starting lineup, or whether or not Dan Gosling will get a will get a start perhaps in there. So we'll, we'll see, but we should have at least we shouldn't be overrun in the centre. That's that's the thing with this formation. I did yeah. think
3: the uh, the the slightly sort of nodding and grimacing celebration from Cleverly was unusual on Friday night. I didn't realise <laughs> that he got crocked on his way to celebrating. Uh, only seeing it in the replay, I can see what happened there. He took that well, to be fair, Cleverly. I thought um, nice little finish, wasn't it? Nice yeah, little finish. similar to the Arsenal one uh, a few seasons ago when he sort of. Mm. popped up yeah. and
1: knocked one in. We we were we were sort of discussing Clebs on Friday night on the Twitter Spaces, and for, forgive me, guys. It was either Paul Turner or Charlie, one of the two. It's kind of morphed in my mind. Who I think it was Charlie actually who said about you look, look we're not going to be you know kind of having any. Any worries about you know, negativity tonight. We don't need it. It was Cleverly's lack of pace that saw him find the space, which is right, because if you see, if you watch the goal, as sema goes in, uh Hamza Chowdhury's already busted to get to the line. Pedro has already pushed through. And what they've done is they've sucked the defenders back to cover them. It leaves this space. And because cleverly, you know, getting there when he can, it's laid back to him. He still had to beat somebody in a foot race to get there and take a clatter for it. So, you know, he, he found the space, he did the right thing and he, he, he put the ball away and we can't deny that, but we know it's a squad game. So if he's out, Dan Gosling needs to come in and to be honest, I think we all love Dan Gosling from the Watford observer interview and the kind of three games at the back end of last year. But I think he needs to, it'd be good for him to start a game he He looks like he needs to come up to speed because i you know he, he looked like he hadn't played for you know however many months a competitive game it really showed in second half it he wasn't he uh, wasn't the kind of player that we that we'd seen last season so hopefully if he plays he can get back up to speed quickly.
3: Just talking about Dan Gosling, uh, someone I know um, had quite a long chat with him at the the, the Hornets uh, day thing where they had the, the, the kids, they could meet all the players, well, I think that was last week sometime, yeah. uh, and he took his kids along, and apparently he, he asked Dan Gosling, you know, how has your bit been received, and a few people have said to him, oh, it's just sour grapes because he didn't play last season, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the guy, sta- he didn't have to stay. You know, he could have gone any- anywhere else. He could have said, look, I'm not playing. I want to play. I want to move. He didn't. He stayed, trained on his own, um, came on and, and, and did what he needed to do when he was asked of it. He wasn't even given a squad number, was he, halfway through the through the season? Because we had too many yeah, players. Yes. So it was only when other players got moved on, he got a squad number back. Oh, I've got nothing but respect for Dan Gosling, to be honest with you. But there are a few people that have apparently approached him and said, oh, it's just sour grapes, mate.
1: The reason I think- I think... Bizarre. Sorry, I'm sick of the sound of my voice as well. Sorry, everybody. But um, I think the thing is with that is that a lot of people will have started reading it. It was a long article. If you remember when we we spoke to Andrew French about it, he said, this is probably going to go out in two or three parts. It didn't, it went out in one article. And a lot of people said to me when they read it was in the, the first half they thought he's never going to play for the club again and by the time they got to the end of the article they went I want him as captain because mm. he uh, because he was absolutely warts and all and a lot of people are going oh it's over last season forget it no no the club are wanting to be cathartic about it and and say look this is what went on this is why these people aren't happy and Gosling didn't try to uh, you know kind of make himself look good in any way form. So he said no I knew I wasn't going to get there but I wasn't going to move because of my family because I've just upped and you know pulled them across about a year ago the wife was pregnant with another you know there there was a lot of self-interest which he said you know put his hands up to but then when he carried it on through you went god I think a lot of those people if they haven't read the whole thing they really really should and and the fact was that that showed out in his in his commitment to play I think a lot of people first game of the season were surprised that Gosling wasn't in the starting 11, because mm-hmm. his, his form at the end of last season, of course he scored against Chelsea. He's, you know, talking about Tom cleverly there. You do actually have two midfielders there who should in the championship be 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 providing you somewhere between maybe five to eight goals you know fr- from that mid- midfield position and we know that Gosling can 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 push into those areas and get goals as he obviously most notably did against uh, Norwich two seasons ago when we were going to them and they were the runaway leaders and we we'd lost the previous game to uh to them up the road and we all thought oh god Norwich is you know we're going to come off the rails here uh, we know he can get into good positions. So no, I think I think if he comes in, get behind the lad. Um, and if you if you've judged him without reading the article in full, then just just go and go and read it. Go and read, read the whole it, yeah. thing because it's a fine piece of journalism by Andrew French. It was followed up by Dan Backman, and you've seen a player who had. Who looked like he had the right hump last year, and you can probably you, know, you can sympathise or otherwise on that. But you read his article, and you know it wasn't all happy campers in there. And the way he pulled his performance out on Friday secured him our our, our very stupid Twitter spaces player of the season award after three games. You know, I've been accused of being <laughs> premature in my time, but not in this context, but now I have been. So there we are.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's a curious one, Backman, because I think we all probably thought that Akoya was going to be first choice goalkeeper this season. Um, mm. And, and to be honest with you, he's going to have to fight for his place. I think Backman has very quickly secured the number one spot um, in, in the first three games of the season. Quite a display on, uh, on Friday. I thought, um, yeah, you were down the Ricriens, so you probably got a better view of the saves and stuff. He, he he looked
0: quite confident, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and you know, just what you just said there, it's a great problem to have. You know, two top quality goalkeepers. We all said we weren't sure about Daniel Batman. Was he commanding enough? Did he, you know, did he do enough for you know box maintenance, as I'd call it? And Pardon he me? has what box maintenance? Yeah, box maintenance.
3: Okay, let's move on from box maintenance. Let's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk about box maintenance. Not on a family podcast. <laughs> Manscaped. I was just
0: made. Is this made? Is this made for, is this made for families? Is it yeah, my mistake? Oh
1: yeah. dear. Yeah. Do apologise. Yeah. But yeah, he he. Um... They, they sponsor Watford now.
3: <laughs> I know, I know. There goes our sponsorship. If you're sponsoring the team, bloody hell. Anyway, yes, I thought he. I thought he looked uh, assured and confident. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, confident. Yeah, and that's uh, being a goalkeeper. That's what, a lot of it is confidence. He's, he's had his confidence knocked last season, but he's come back with a with a bang. And the you know he's he's got his tail wagging, so it's good. Get behind him. Absolutely. It's
1: interesting, also because Pontus Stahlberg has has gone. gone back yeah, to Gothenburg. Yeah. Some somebody tweeted saying, "I'll oh, miss turning on and seeing somebody who looks like the you know serial killer guilty yes. who's just opened the front door." Um, scary looking guy. <laughs> he, scary looking he guy. Did, he did have the look of uh, yes, yes, of somebody who who wasn't necessarily a stranger to crime watch, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. um, it, it, with Dahlberg and Okoye, and I appreciate sure I'm going back to the dawn of time people when I go when I, when I mention the name Eric Steele. Everybody remembers Steve Sherwood from from '84, Steve Sherwood was always the, the goalkeeper who put pressure on other goalkeepers. So uh, Andy Rankin going back into the mid-70s, and then he kind of sneaked past Andy Rankin and and got the position for himself. And at the time, when we'd gotten up from the, what, fourth division, and we got into the second division as was, or second tier, I should call it now, Graham Taylor went and signed a guy called Eric Steele from Brighton, who became more famous for being a football coach in the end, or a goalkeeper coach at Man United and Derby and various places, Villa as well. And... What he did was he put a load of pressure on Steve Sherwood, and he got he got the he got the gloves for about six months. But then Sherwood came back, and he just basically went, "No, I'm going to win it," because he, he was like, "No, I'm desperate to make this my shirt." If Okoye does that for Backman, brilliant. When we did the interview with with Akoye, and I appreciate to to Carl's absolute delight, I have got into. Let's talk about goalkeeper youth coaching in the West Germany area. Um, Niche, <laughs> you be the judge. And, but we also asked him, like, what's it like being competitive with the people you're working in the group, but you're also driving each other on. and It's just part of it. We get it. We understand it. We're competing with each other, but we're also trying to make the other person better because it makes us better as well. If that's what Okoye does, you have to wait his chance. We shall see. The interesting thing will be who will get the goalkeeper gloves against MK Dons in the League Cup. But anyway, what do we think? Most importantly, today, we're, we're recording this Sunday lunchtime, we have put up on the on the website, there is now a news and uh, unsubstantiated rumours section. So if any of you have, uh, have have thought of something, just want to create your own uh, 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 rumour, or have actually heard some news, drop us a line and we'll put it on the news and unsubstantiated rumour. Hey, It works for everybody else, why shouldn't we have a go? But more importantly, the Prediction League, the Prediction League that we have been running so well until today, when Birmingham have not shown up, but we will go after them. We will get a forecast from them. We'll find out what they think the scores are going to be because unlike the fantasy football league of which Justin is basically propping it up yeah he's propping it up he sits he sits atop the prediction league with the only man to score any points um which is good so I'm gonna to need to know what your predictions are and I'm gonna start with Carlos because oh, thank you oh uh, yeah absolutely because you have to have a different result or a different uh, score line each time the way we're doing this score by the way is if you, if you predict a win, draw a loss, and it's correct, you get a point. If you get the right score difference, it's a point. So if it's 3-1, but you predicted 2-0, it's still two-goal difference. You get a point for that. And if you get the correct one, you get all three points. So what are you going for, Carlos? I will have Birmingham City nil Watford 2. Bold. Bold. Confident indeed. You mm. think the uh, you think we're going to be able to get a third clean sheet of the season, Justin? What are you going to go for?
3: Hmm. Well, we haven't exactly been uh, high scoring in our games, have we? It's all sort of been one goal in each game so far. So I'm going to go for one nil again. Watford one. Birmingham nil, or rather Birmingham nil. Watford 1 I think that could be the result yeah that
1: that was the scoreline that saw you win all three points on Friday it was. because let's face it up until that point nobody was scoring any bloody points at all Sheffield United all three of you picked the same bloody scoreline which was pointless and then West Brom nobody got it at all no so there we go it was a draw and everybody predicted a win so there we go so it's a one and a two niler. we will see what the Birmingham fans say if we can find one with opposable thumbs to reply via email <laughs> um well you know they're not here sorry guys we'd love to speak to everybody we've spoken to so far it's been lovely but uh, dan dan from birmingham Whoever that is, he's not here. So we're making hay anyway. We look forward to talking to him on the return game after we've trounced them 3-0. Exactly, yes. Oh, oh, 3-0. Well, uh, yeah, that's
3: that a prediction. I'm not the home game, in You're not even in it, yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, well, I think that probably uh, brings this to a close. Um, it's a shame that uh, the Birmingham podcast didn't turn up, but um, there you go. That's, that's that happens sometimes I guess we've never done that of course we've always been ultra reliable um but yeah I'm, I'm sure when we get their prediction we'll add that into our prediction league do make sure that you join us for our Twitter space after the game on a Tuesday night which will probably be almost after the final whistle straight away because I'm not going so I can more or less put it on straight away also I'll be on public transport you'll be on public so transport
1: yeah yeah join a... me yeah yeah, oh, yeah always a pleasure always a pleasure. So either that or horses, one of the two, <laughs> <laughs> or both. And also, but before we go, as we speak on last Saturday, we released two podcasts. We had the the, the Twitter Spaces from Friday. Thanks again, to everybody who listened and uh, and contributed on that one. But we also released the uh, the conversation that Justin and I had with uh, Derek Williams from Kit Aid, which is a love, I have to say, it's a really lovely list. And thank you for all the nice comments about it. But it's kind of an important one because we'd like to maybe do something to uh, to help out Kit Aid. If you don't know who they are, they're the guys who recycle previously worn shirts uh, that have had, you know, kind of, that have had their life in the UK, so to speak, and they have a second life elsewhere. And some of the benefits that, uh, that Derek and his team have managed to kind of let us know about are... Really, quite remarkable. And there is a shed load of Watford connection. Derek is a Watford fan. There's GT in there. There's mentions of a catchy Anya, not, uh, uh, Jeremy and Gakia. obviously Luther Blissett. Course, it would be Luther Blissett, and of course, also Sir Nigel Gibbs, because they're just really, really nice. Loads of Watford stories, loads of connections. Give it a listen.
3: Absolutely. Yes. Right. What, what he said. What he said. Yes. Uh, please, please. I was so rude
1: there. I do apologize. Give it a listen. Who do I think I am? Please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't brought up in Birmingham I can tell you that yeah
3: quite right quite right okay well yes also if you've got any questions for Craig Cathcart please go to our post on Twitter and post them underneath oh, I have to say I think we've got about 50 already haven't we <laughs> we've got a loads of those absolutely <laughs> some of them I think are just there for the banter shall we say uh, but mm. others are brilliant and I don't know how long we got with Craig but I think we might have to cut the whole tell us about how you got started in football and just go straight into it, punters questions because I don't think we're going to yeah, have long enough to it will it It will be, Craig, these may be random. What is your favourite pot noodle? And that is one of them.
1: That is one of the questions. That is one of the questions.
0: I I do want to speak to him about the time that I got really drunk at Wembley with his dad. Ooh.
3: He may know about this I don't know I'm Yeah sure. I'm not sure he, Yeah
0: he so that do. that's going to be
3: interesting Yeah hey, Yeah he might do He might do Well if
1: well if it involved a pot noodle You can segue
3: with that beautifully Yeah <laughs> fantastic Just have your questions like ready to go In case you can segue them in Is what I would say Yeah so so join us anyway after the Birmingham game We'll, we'll, we'll chat to you then uh, In the meantime look after yourselves Enjoy the football on Tuesday And we'll see you soon You ones.
0: Yeah. You on You on